everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Docs Sportscast today. Uh, it's an exciting day. We are uh, getting into the actual NBA Finals. And uh, it was a great playoff series, guys. I think everybody needs to look back and um, just be thankful for the um, NBA postseason that we got. It's It's been great. We've seen a lot of players uh, be able to step up. Uh, you know, kind of come out of their shells a bit. Uh, teams that we didn't really expect to to get here and be at this point, you know, really make breaks. Um, and, and seeing some of the old regime of, you know, all-stars uh, kind of get booted out uh, fairly early in the playoffs, I mean, it definitely helps. I, I think that uh, it's good uh, for the NBA to have rising teams, especially have two franchises that have not, that have not done – successful had have not been successful for a long time winning a championship the first time for their their place I mean it just it's huge it's a great thing to see um you know even teams like the Hawks making the run that they did you know the, the Clippers making the run that they did I mean it's just a lot of teams that really you know shined this year um that haven't been good either recently or historically uh even the Knicks who have been down recently you know got into the playoffs as a four seed you know they they did lose in the first round but I mean it was it was good to see that happen um for the NBA I think it's healthy I think overall we don't want to see the same teams winning every year we don't want to see the same top stars every single year going to the finals I mean some people might you know if you're a LeBron James bandwagoner you know you probably want to see him in the finals every single year it's like but that gets boring you know I mean I, I do a movie podcast as well and it's like nobody wants to go see watch the same movie over and over and over, you know, just told a little bit different of a way. I mean, no, nobody wants to see that. So um, I feel the same way with the NBA. I think this is probably one of the more exciting uh, NBA postseasons that we have seen in a long time. Um, very exciting for me to be able to watch it and experience it. And I just think we need to be thankful for that, guys. Um, the, I mean, the last time that I could recall feeling you know i mean being this excited for a finals like feeling this excited for a postseason uh probably was when the detroit pistons went uh, i believe 2004 um and beat the lakers in the finals because nobody gave them a shot nobody gave them a shot guys um i mean even to come out of the east and you know they 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 really took it to the lakers they punched them in the mouth you know um I, and yeah, I, I just I think this is a really good one, a really good postseason. It makes me kind of feel and think back to that time. So you know, you got two teams out here who, you know, they have their guys and they know what their guys do. You know, uh, very similar when you look at the players and you look at the way the the teams are built. Uh, you know, guys are guys are, you know, they have their responsibilities, they have their spots, and it's it's so interesting to see some of the similarities that you have to that Detroit Pistons team. Uh, back in the day um you know there's there's certain things in the game that have changed and for that reason there are going to be some differences to those teams but you still do have some of those fundamental guys of hey this is our defensive guy this is our big time shooter you know this is our post scorer this is our rebounder shot blocker i mean you you have those things built from these teams there's not really a huge hole to them and I think that's a big reason why they are where they are. 
So um, really excited for it. I'm really thankful to have the postseason that we've had. I think it's just fantastic. I think this finals uh, will be very, very interesting, uh, even though Aurora and I still hold to uh, the Suns ending up winning the championship. That's what we had predicted uh, a few rounds ago in the in the playoffs, and we're, we're sticking to that, uh, even though Giannis Antetokounmpo having the hyperextended knee is playing. I mean, this is only, what, five, maybe six days, I, I can't remember, uh, from him hyperextending that knee. And if you watched it, it I mean, it, it looks so gruesome when you watch it, uh, but it wasn't as bad as it looks apparently because uh, he is out there and he's playing very, very well. He's playing very physical. He is beating and banging in the paint. Uh, I mean, he's pushing guys all over the place. I mean, he, he dunked on Andre DeAndre Ayton. I mean, just manhandled him. So, you know, everybody out there looks like little boys right now compared to him. So he, he's definitely playing very physical, very aggressive. But the Bucks are being careful, uh, which which you would hope they are. I mean, you would hope that they do that because too many times we see teams rush a guy back from injury and <laughs> it, it, it really ruins your entire postseason because he's going to get hurt again. And here, the Bucks are being careful. I mean, if I was the Bucks, I would not have played him. I, I just would always err on the side of caution. You can drop a game. You can drop two games, you know, at, at the opposing team's facility. You know, it's it's not a, a finals. It's not a postseason. It's not a series until someone steals a win at home. So if they win their two home games, fine. You go back home, and then you play Giannis at home. But, you know, maybe they could have stole one anyway. I mean, you never know. You never know. Uh, we don't think that, that would have happened. But it's interesting to see if they have played him. And we just hope and pray that nothing nothing happens. We hope and pray that he does not get hurt uh, anymore. We do want to see both teams playing at the, the best of their ability, uh, you know, playing on all cylinders. And uh, it is it's definitely upsetting any time you see a player that uh, – you know, as a, as a superstar or a starter, and he gets hurt and he's out because the team's not playing the best they can. We want to see the winner uh, of the of the two teams, and they're both playing on all cylinders uh, at this point. Uh, now, um, Saric um, did get hurt. Uh, what? Some, sometime toward the end of the first quarter, I believe, he got hurt. Sometime toward the end of the first quarter, I think, uh, and he's out. He he was limping to get off the court. He's back in the locker room. I don't think I've seen him come back to the bench yet at this point. There's three minutes, 40 seconds left in the second quarter. And the Bucks are moving the ball very well. Just missed a, an open shot. Connaughton did. But um, very, very interesting uh, with the Saric injury. Because here's the thing. I have I'm never, I've never been a Saric fan. I do not like his style of play. I do not like the boneheaded mistakes that he makes. I do not, I just do not believe in him as a player, an NBA player. I think that he does not possess a viable enough skill set for the NBA game. And so I think that he hinders them. I really do. I think him being on the court just leaves you with a guy who isn't going to add to what you're doing on the on the court. And if you've got a guy out there playing and he's not adding anything, adding anything to your team by being out there, that's not good. Yeah, even P.J. Tucker for Milwaukee Bucks plays some great defense. Sarge does not does not do that. I mean, he's he's going to get blown by, or he's going to get you know beaten in the paint by bigger players. So, you know, I, I just don't I just don't know about that. So I'm I'm 
somewhat happy that he is out of the game. Not, I'm not happy that he's hurt, but I think it's going to make the Phoenix Suns play a little bit better. Now, interesting play just now um, going into the commercial. Uh, they called an offensive foul on Giannis with uh, Jameson Crowder on him. Now, Crowder is a savvy defender. I like the matchup, but Giannis is playing bully ball. He is playing bully ball right now. He is beating people in the paint and basically just saying, like, little boy, get off me. Like, I'm going to dunk all over you because I'm a man and none of you are compared to me, like, physically. So that that's the way he's playing. Crowder understood that. He understands that, you know, Giannis hasn't played the last couple games and he's out there to, to prove something. Because uh, clearly he's been playing, you know, very, very, uh, very, very aggressive so far. And due to that, Jameson Crowder sold the offensive foul there. Uh, you know, it it was interesting. I mean, yes, Giannis bumped him off of him, but he didn't really extend the arm. I, I don't, I didn't see that be an offensive foul, but Crowder flailed on his way back and was able to, to get the call. And that that's the thing that I hope kind of gets cleaned up a little bit at some point. You know, some of these flailings and things. You know, LeBron James has become a master flopper and a master flailer in the league. And, you know, he probably wouldn't have as, half as many free throws if those things could actually be reviewed and plays get reversed pretty easily from someone up above. Like, hey, no, there wasn't enough contact for him to go flying across the court. But that was an interesting play. For sure. Now, what we have seen so far, you know, from what I can tell you guys, from what I've seen so far, it it is more competitive than I anticipated at this point. I thought Giannis would come out and be a little hesitant with that knee, but he feel he looks really confident. He looks really ready to go, and that's a game changer. I don't think Phoenix was prepared for that. I really don't. I, I think Phoenix was, and rightfully so. I would have thought the same thing that Giannis would have not been starting he wouldn't uh, even if he was playing he wasn't gonna come out aggressive he has come out like a man on a mission and he is ready to take down whoever's in front of him now like I said they have been playing it safe with him so he has been coming out a little bit he's not playing the full minutes that you typically see so he is coming out in spurts that he normally doesn't and that's gonna be you know that's gonna be an impact in the game but their their team has played without him the last couple games. They've gotten a rhythm going without him, so they do know how to play without him on the court. It's made them a little more flexible, which is good for them in this, situa this situation. They're going to need that. But he... It, it's tough. It's tough, guys, because right now, Coach Bud and um, the Bucks organization, you know, they look like they made the right call right now, but all it takes is one setback on the injury, and they look like idiots. So again, we hope nothing happens. We hope that everything is fine and he doesn't get hurt and both teams are firing on all cylinders throughout the rest of this uh, series. But uh, yeah, it's definitely something to continue, to continue watching for sure. Now, you know, they're showing highlights right now of Giannis and what he's doing. I mean, he is. He is playing bully ball. He is saying, like, I am bigger than you. I am going to beat you up in the paint, and you're like I am going to mow you down. So I think that you know he's definitely got some pimped up uh, frustration from missing the last couple games, and and he knows, hey, this is the finals, and I've got to leave it all on the court. So he's playing very aggressive. Really like to see that out of him, and I love to see that he's going to the basket. 
Yes, he's already taken a three, which I don't think he should ever take a three in a game. But at this point, I, I think he'll develop a jumper. But I don't think he should normally take threes at this point. So he did take a three already in the game. But it's okay. Because realistically, he is trying to just get in the paint and just show them, like, I'm bigger than all of you. And that's what he needs to do. That's what he needs to do. That's how he leads, needs to leave his mark on these finals as, you know, I'm the most physical guy on the court. And he just got a wide-open dunk. Like, wide-open dunk. That should not happen. So, Phoenix is, Phoenix's game plan right now is, and again, this is why I don't think they were really prepared for this. They are fine with Giannis beating them. They're fine with Giannis beating them inside. That's what they're giving. They're giving them Giannis beating them right now. And while I agree that that is the best strategy... I don't agree that your players need to keep backtrailing on him and backpedaling on him and letting him get into the paint. You know, he, he is beaten up on DeAndre Aiden. I, if I'm DeAndre Aiden, I am challenging him. I am putting a little bit more of a body on him. You know, if I'm Jamison Crowder, I'm not going to be upset if I fell out of this game. But I'm not going to give him wide-open dunks. I'm going to knock the heck out of him if he goes up for a dunk. And so far... They're not doing that. So, you know, again, I think it's the right play to make Giannis be the one to beat you because we saw what happened against the Hawks. We saw what happened against, you know, the, the teams leading up to getting them here to this point. If Middleton gets hot, if Holiday gets hot, this Bucks team is lethal, lethal offensively. So, that's something you have to prevent. But, you cannot just let Giannis get get inside the free throw line. Like, you can't just let him get in the paint at will. And that's what's happening so far. So, hopefully, they can body up on him a little bit more, make it a little bit more of a challenge for him. Because right now, he is just beating them all over in the paint. And I, I don't know. They don't have a really good matchup for this. They really don't. You know, Aiton is not as mobile as Giannis. And that's what Giannis is doing. He's beating him on that first step on the block. And getting past him enough where he can't take the charge. He's got to be sliding. And when he's sliding, he doesn't have any force behind him. So he's knocking him off and just dunking on him. Right? That That's the right play. That's the right play. Keep doing it. So... The Suns here, what they're going to have to do is just offensively, they're going to have to beat them. They're going to have to beat them. And so far, you know, it's 57-49 right now. Uh, I believe they're, they're probably pretty far ahead in the three-point shooting category um, at this point. And that's really what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to up the pace, make it a fast-paced game, because Milwaukee, they're not deep. They're, they're not very deep on their bench. I mean, they have two decent bench players who can score but you know outside of Bobby Portis and you know PJ Tucker uh, you know I, I'm not going to trust Brandon Forbes with the ball you know I'm not going to trust Pat Connaughton creating a shot for himself so they're not as deep whereas Phoenix does have some guys that can come off the bench knock down some shots you know Cam Johnson is a guy that has really stepped up in these playoffs and he can knock down some shots. You know, that 
I mean, that right there is just the difference maker right there. It's just Cam Johnson having that ability because they've got the the guards that, you know, they can they can rotate Booker and they can rotate Chris Paul to make sure one of them is always on the court and that that's fine. But it's really going to hurt them here. It's going to be interesting to see if they play Frank Kaminsky a bit more in this game with Sarge out because I think that he could body up on Giannis. Giannis will still beat him with that first step, but we'll have to see how it goes. We're coming up on the end of the first half. Middleton uh, just passed the ball to Giannis, who passed it out to Connaughton. He's driving down the lane and turned the ball over, uh, trying to get the ball to Drew Holiday. And he should have just went up with the, the, the ball. But that's the thing with Connaughton. He, he shies away from some of those shots, you know, and in the paint. He, he doesn't really trust himself in the paint. He, he's a jump shooter, and he really likes to be a jump shooter. He knows that he's not athletic enough to get shots off in the paint. So, you know, 3.8 seconds left, and the Suns are going to get, you know, a, a last last second attempt here. Booker pulling up from half court, and they just gave him that. I, that was dangerous. That was absolutely dangerous. If there's someone who can knock down a shot from half court – it's Devin Booker, like, and they didn't even put a hand up. They didn't even come towards him. That, that was dangerous. That they that never should have happened. He shouldn't have got that wide open of a look. But looking at the stats, you know, you got ten points for Antetokounmpo. You got sixteen from Devin Booker, and Devin Booker has been playing very well, guys. He gets to his spots. He's taking a shot because, you know, Giannis may be beating guys off the step and getting in the paint, but Booker is doing the exact same thing on the other end. And Booker is going to be more lethal in doing that because when Booker gets in, he can take jump shots from anywhere. He can get cornered somewhere and still make a jump shot. So Giannis can't do that. There's places that he could get to and miss shots because he doesn't have a jumper, a steady jumper. So that it's going to be interesting for sure. Phoenix needs to get get the pace going, keep it high scoring. That's what they need to do so far because, you know, Milwaukee's going to score if they can slow it down, get it to Giannis, and let him dominate in the paint. He's only got 10 points so far. He started out six minutes, six points, and then they started to go away from him, and if that's how they've started dropping in points here a little bit. They need to get back to him, let him go one-on-one -on -one in the paint, and use his speed and quickness to get guys sliding and then he can use his physical ability to just push him off. Because at that point, you know, you can just use your shoulder. I mean, not dip your shoulder, nothing like that, but just body up because they're off balance. They're not in proper defensive position. So they have no leverage to hold up against you. And that's what he was doing really well against Crowder and Aiton early in the game. So they need to go back to him, let him keep doing that inside. That's going to help get the outside game going as well and let some guys knock down some shots and get them in rhythm. That's what is going to be the most effective for the Bucks. And right now they've went away from that a little bit in the second quarter, hence why yeah, they're down at this point. But that's the thing. Is is Milwaukee going to be able to stick to that? Are they going to be able to stick to their guns, let Giannis continue to do that? And the thing is, if you have something that's working, let it work because that's their huge mismatch. They don't have a mismatch from a guard standpoint. Phoenix can guard them all day long from a guard standpoint. So your mismatch and what you have to do, the only thing is, well, you could let Brooke Lopez go at it. You could let Brooke Lopez go to work a bit. But the main steady thing is getting the ball to Giannis Antetokounmpo. And you need to have a steady, steady diet of that. 
If you don't, what's going to happen is the same thing that's happened in this first half. As soon as you go away from it, you're losing consistency. You're losing high percentage shots because you're going to a game plan where the, the there's not a mismatch in your favor. It's equal play. Whereas Phoenix, they're coming down. They're getting mismatch after mismatch after mismatch. They're fine with you playing big ball. They're fine with you playing bully ball. Because when you got Giannis and you have Brooke Lopez in there, because that's what you need to play bully ball, play big inside, get your rebounds, which is what kept them in the game at first. But when Giannis came out, inconsistencies led to them missing shots. Brooke Lopez is going to be caught in a mismatch. P.J. Tucker will be caught in a mismatch. Bobby Portis could get caught in a mismatch. So those mismatches allow for Booker and Chris Paul to get shots up. So you got two guys who can get mismatches anytime they want on their end. On the opposite end, the only real mismatch you're going to get that's really in your favor is going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo. Maybe Brooke Lopez every now and then, but they're not going to feature him that much because they haven't. So interesting first half. We'll continue to see how it goes. I, you know, again, we think that Phoenix will end up taking this series. I think it's going to go... I mean, I was going to say it was going to go five games. I really thought Milwaukee was only going to be able to get one game out of this, but that was also thinking that Giannis was not going to be playing as early as he was. You know, earlier in the day. I mean, even this morning when everybody got up, you know, people thought, okay, he's not going to play. And I was, I was legitimately thinking, like, he is not going to play at least games one and two. I thought they wouldn't play him in game three. They'd see how it went at home. If they lost, they'd play him in game four. That's legitimately what I thought, which is why I thought it might have been five games. Now, seeing that he's there, seeing he's playing healthy, I think it's going to go six games. I think they'll get one, maybe both of their first their, you know, set of home games or whatever um, at home. But, you know, I... But I think the format's different, so I can't remember the format for the finals. I think it's I think it's different a bit, but you know I I think that I think they'll get two at home. I think they'll get two wins at home, and that that's really going to be it. I think Phoenix will end up closing it out in in Game Six. So that's what our prediction is so far. But we'll see how it goes. Um, this podcast will probably be over when it starts into the third quarter, so we'll update a little bit into there. But as of right now, that's the mismatches that we're seeing. You know, Booker is getting where he wants to get to. He's getting to his spots because they they don't have the quickness on the perimeter because they can just create mismatches all day. And that's that's been what Phoenix is really good about. That's why they struggle with the Clippers a bit because the Clippers was very versatile just like them. And Milwaukee is just not. Milwaukee is just not able to match that versatility from a pure guard standpoint. And that's what's going to be the the huge issue for them uh, throughout this series. So, moving on a little bit, we'll we'll get away from this. We'll come back to it here. Second half starts. Um, do a little bit more commentary on there before wrapping some things up. But we do have a couple things we want to talk to uh, talk about. One is uh, we want to discuss players who deserve a new home. Okay, we're not talking about young players who's been in the league two or three years. We're not talking about guys who are unproven we're not talking about players who you know don't who aren't good and like 
we're not talking about veterans who's been in the league forever and they're not a superstar, right? What we're talking about here is players that, similar to Chris Paul in a way, we don't guys that we don't want to see end up like Chris Paul right now. And hopefully Chris Paul wins the championship, and that's great and awesome. But Chris Paul is a player who deserved to win a championship way before this. He, he deserved to win a championship way before this, and it, it has just been such so much misfortune to him that he hasn't been able to win one. So, I don't like that. I don't like that. It's upsetting that Charles Barkley never won a title, you know? And it, it's, it's always something that leaves a bad taste on someone's legacy in the NBA because they never won a title, and it's just not fair. It's not fair, guys, because Charles Barkley is one of the greatest players to ever play. So, I, I don't want to see that. I don't like seeing that. And it sucks when when organizations and teams don't allow players to do it. Now, the other thing we're we're not going to talk about, we're not. I am not going to talk about players who whine their way out of teams. I'm not going to talk about guys who demand trades. I'm not going to talk about guys who, you know, are whiny players, who are bad teammates, who, you know, just abandon their cities don't give a crap about their cities their teammates they just want to win you know so we're not going to be talking about guys like James Harden you know if Kawhi Leonard didn't win a championship we weren't going to be talking about Kawhi Leonard you know we're not going to talk about um you know guys like that because I mean it I just don't have a lot of respect for those guys I just don't I don't have a lot of respect for them because of the way that they've handled situations and they've shown no respect to those cities however there are three guys who are on the team that drafted them originally. And we're going to talk about them. We're also going to talk about one guy who did not demand trades, who did his darndest, had really bad stint for a few years, and came back and entirely reformatted his game to another level. Uh, so we're going to talk about that because these guys definitely deserve to have the opportunity to get better, to play on winning teams, and for different reasons. And that's what we're going to discuss. So the first up, we're going to talk about Ben Simmons, okay? Ben Simmons, it was so brutal to watch him, guys. It was so absolutely brutal to watch him with the Sixers this year. And I just, I hated it for the Sixers fans. I hated it for Ben Simmons. I hated it for Joel Embiid. I hated it for so many people. It was just it was just sad. So what do we want for Ben Simmons? What does Ben Simmons need? Ben Simmons. I have not liked Ben Simmons. I do not appreciate Ben Simmons. I don't have a lot of respect for Ben Simmons because he's a guy who hasn't wanted to put in the work. He hasn't wanted to continue working in the offseason. He takes time off. He hangs out with the Kardashians down in Miami and crap. Like he has not shown the work ethic. To be a dominant guy, to get better, to do the work, okay? So I don't have a lot of respect for him. So as right now, I'm glad the Sixers didn't win because he doesn't need to be shown that you can win by not putting in the work. That's not right. Yeah, that 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 sucks. That's just that's just cheap and that's crap. You know, that's what that's what Kyrie and um, James Harden tried to do this year. Oh, let's just let's just go to the Nets and you know we'll just win a title there. We won't have to work hard. We'll just go win a title because we're great with Kevin Durant. Like, no, you need to work hard. You know, you need to run a team. You need to you need to work hard. You need to, to do everything and, and, you know, carry the load. Um, that's what real superstars uh, do. 
And Ben Simmons, you know, he needs an organization that will develop him. I'm not talking about an organization that can. Every organization can develop players. But there's organizations that just don't. Okay? They just don't. The Los Angeles Lakers do not. They, they have not ever since Mark Jackson wasn't there anymore. Or Phil Jackson wasn't there anymore. Okay? Uh, organizations like the... Uh, I'm trying to... I'm trying to think about the best examples. You know, you've got, you've definitely got teams that develop their guys the right way. They put in the time and effort. And then you've got places that just don't, you know. And and one of those, you know, that would be the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, they just rely on the talent that they get. They don't really work and develop that player to the best of their ability. You know, so think of places like that. Think about the Knicks, you know. Think about the Nets, like those types of places. But then you definitely have teams that do a great job of developing players. And they make sure to improve players. And they make sure to help them, you know, essentially make weaknesses of theirs. Not necessarily strengths, but make it to where it's not a weakness anymore. And these organizations is where we would like to see Ben Simmons end up going. Because it's going to be the best for his career. Right? That is... The Spurs, that's the Miami Heat, and it's the Denver Nuggets, right? Greg Popovich is as great of a coach as ever, as anyone ever. And the reason for that is because he knows how to develop players, and he will always try to develop players and make them better. He's not going to just sit there and let players run the show. He's not going to just sit there and allow them to do whatever they want to do. He's going to make them better and challenge them every day, no matter how good they are. Okay? And that's why Kawhi Leonard wanted to leave. He didn't want to put in all the work. So, okay. Fine. They don't They don't need you then. And that's, that's, that's fine. Not a problem with anyone. But anyway, you know, for the Spurs, I mean, maybe that's something where they can take DeMar DeRozan. And they can ship him out to the Sixers. Uh, I don't think Greg Popovich would want this at all. I don't think he wants a player like Ben Simmons because he probably thinks it's going to be a Kawhi Leonard uh, 2.0, a guy who doesn't want to work and put in the time and effort. So he probably doesn't want that. It'll probably never happen. But if they could send DeMar DeRozan to the Sixers, I think it gives them a guy with a steady jump shot who can hit, you know, free throw line extended and just get some easy buckets on the board, take some pressure off Joel Embiid, uh, give them a solid veteran player at the guard level, and, and that could be a game changer for them. And for the Spurs, they're already rebuilding anyway, and this would be a great project player for Greg Popovich to completely turn around the career of. And I think he could definitely do that. Miami, you know, I, I would honestly want to have the Sixers move to get Jimmy Butler back and send Ben Simmons back down or send Ben Simmons down to Miami because Eric Spolstra is a guy who will develop players. He will put them in a position to have the best possible chance to win and he will he will continue to have them work on their craft. So that's a place that I think he could, you know, do pretty well. He could also learn from guys like Tyler Hero. He could learn from um you know, uh Duncan Robinson and th- those guys could could do really well for him. So I think that that would work. Then you have the Nuggets, which 
I don't know what they would have to give up. Probably a few young players, a few young role players that could hit some jump shots, which they have quite a bit of those. So they could move some of those guys around. And then, you know, then Jokic has a guy who's a great passer, can get inside, help him rebound. You got Jamal Murray who can help with spreading the floor and stuff. And Ben Simmons can play some great defense in the paint. So I think that could work pretty well for Denver. Overall, it would it would probably hurt them in the beginning. But again, that, that organization does like to develop players. I mean, Jamal Murray has really flourished out there. And that's because of the work the organization's put in. So I, I think that would be really good to see. But again, probably never happened. A lot of these probably never happened. Next up, Damian Lillard, right? Damian Lillard was drafted by the Portland Trailblazers. He has given his heart and soul to that organization. He has done everything that he can to make them competitive, and they have not given him any more talent, okay? He needs an organization willing to get talent around him, an organization that's willing to go out and spend the money and just bring in people to win a title for him, okay? And not just rely on him and say, okay, he's going to sell tickets for us. Let's not spend too much more money because, you know, it, he'll, he'll do it for us. Guys, he needs to win. And this organization, very similar to the Minnesota Timberwolves, like back in 2004, 2005, whatever it was, you know, or 2008, and and they they went to Kevin Garnett and said, you know what, we need to give you a chance to win. We're going to send you to Boston. Like, great. Do that. Okay? Get rid of Damian Lillard because he deserves to go to a place where he can win a title. He deserves to go to a contender. That's not going to have holes and crap in their, on their team every year. You know, send him to the East. And that's really where we want to see him go. We want to see him play in the East. So where would we like to see him go? Milwaukee. Which, you know, regardless whether they win a title or not, like we want to see him go to Milwaukee. I think there's definitely some things that they could do, some moves they could make. You know, I, I personally wouldn't want to give up a Drew Holiday, but maybe there is something that you can do with a Chris Middleton. I mean, I know he's a franchise guy. I know nobody probably wants to give him up there in Milwaukee. People love him for what he's done. I get that. But, I mean, he, he's a solid, solid player that could go to Portland, and I think they'd be willing to maybe maybe make something happen. You know, Bobby Portis is a guy you could you could maybe put in there to, to move it around. I wouldn't give up Drew Holiday, though, because he's a great scorer and everything for you. He's a great defensive player for you. So, I don't know. If you believe Damian Lillard can play some great defense, maybe they could end up, you know, moving Drew Holiday. But he's a great community guy as well in there. And the Bucks have a really good organization, really good system set up. I mean, obviously, they're in the finals. So, they probably would never want to do something like that. And that's fine. I just want to see him have a chance to compete, and that would be a great place for him. The other place would be the Sixers, finding a way to get Ben Simmons out of there into Portland in exchange for some kind of package that had Damian Lillard. That would be great for the Sixers. Absolutely perfect for the Sixers. And literally, overnight, they would be a finals contender and a lock to go to the finals. I mean, that that would just... It's set, done, that's it, okay? The other one, Boston Celtics. Send them to the Celtics, right? Who knows what's going to happen with their coaching situation. You know, they may not be the exact, exact same team that they were, but when they get Brown back... They're going to have Tatum. They've got some pieces they can still move. Obviously, they moved Kemba Walker already, which kind of sucks for this situation that they moved Kemba. But there are some other pieces they could still move. You know, I, I really hope that they wouldn't have to move, you know, Brown. But uh, they, they might have to to make this work. Anyway, I think it would be great for him to go to the Celtics. I think it could make a lot of sense out there. Then you have the Clippers, okay? This is something that, 
you know, the Clippers showed they maybe didn't need um, Kawhi Leonard. They they might not have needed Kawhi Leonard because they, they pushed Phoenix quite a bit. They got to the Eastern Conference Finals. They pushed Phoenix. So if I was them, I'd say, hey, we need a score. Let's get another score. We played great defense. You know, we, we played great offense. We shuffled the ball around. We did really good with that. So let's go small. Let's play to our strength of flexibility. And let's let's go get Damian Lillard. So I think that would be a really good place for him as well. I think he would also really enjoy, you know, being in L.A. I think he would enjoy that atmosphere. That's the only team on the West, in the West, that we would like to see him go. But, yeah, we really would like to see him go to the East. I think it's just going to be a better place for him. I think he would enjoy playing in the East a bit better as well. You know, it's just not it, it's just not a good situation for him in the West so far because every team is loaded out there right now, and unless the balance shifts, he's just gonna it's just gonna be really challenging for him to ever get to the finals at this point. Then, Bradley Beal, okay, Bradley Beal, he has stuck it out in Washington, you know, and and he's a great player, man. He has really flourished in the last like three years. He's really become like one of the best scorers in the NBA. Now he's a little a little small, but you know, he he does everything. I mean, he's got his heart and soul out there. He plays defense. He, he he's a guy who can go out there and he can put up 60 on any given night. You know, it just depends on you know how he does, what the matchup is. So that's a guy that he needs a team with talent around him. You know, they they have not had any good big presence since he's been there. You know, no good rebounding. Uh, defense has been atrocious because they don't have any good solid one-on-one uh, -on -one defenders so yeah I would love to see him go to a place that has some great solid inside play um, and some talent around him you know especially on the defensive side too because he could really make a difference there so where would we like to see him go we'd like to see him go to again the Sixers and I think it just makes a lot of six, a sense the Sixers are ready they're there they're in a good position but you just got to change a couple things, a couple little tweaks here and there. And this could be one of those. Again, send Bradley Beal there. Give him a guy who can create his own shot, who can make contested jump shots, who can put up a lot of points, take pressure off Joel Embiid, and see if Washington's willing to take Ben Simmons. Look, Washington doesn't have much going for him right now. They really don't. Like Russell Westbrook, put Russell Westbrook with Ben Simmons. Put that together. One, that's a soap opera everybody wants to see. That's a reality TV show everybody wants to tune into. Like, how the heck is that going to work? Like, those guys, like, Russell Westbrook is going to get furious with him. And maybe Russell Westbrook will whip him into shape. Be like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Like, how would you not take that shot? Like, you take that shot next time. Like, he'll get up in his face, and he needs to because he's a really good teammate to motivate him. So, I, I think that could overall work. I really, really do. It gives them a, a guy inside who can play against a big, play some good defense, can be out on the perimeter too, has has good head on his shoulders when it comes to passing and things like that. So move him. So I think that could make a lot of sense. Uh, another one would be the Nuggets. So Bradley Beal going to the Nuggets. I mean, obviously that could make a lot of sense. Um, and they have some pieces that they could move right now. But it just depends. It depends on what pieces they move and, and how they make a deal work to see if it would actually make them better or not. But that would be a really great place for Bradley Beal to play, especially if they could keep Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, Bradley Beal, and Jokic. I mean, what what else do you need? I mean, seriously, that's a great lineup. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks. So, you know, this is one that, again, if they lose, there's going to be some scrutiny. Yeah, maybe they're going to want to move some pieces that have been there for a long time. And, you know, Middleton is probably one of those guys that they could 
that they could move from. You know, they could move Middleton and send him to Washington, and Washington's been they've been willing to do that. They've been willing to take guys who, you know, have gotten some scrutiny for inconsistent play and stuff like that, and they'll pick them up and take them. You know, they picked up Dwight Howard when he was going on the way down. They picked up Russell Westbrook, and he hasn't shown, like, consistency. And, you know, that, that's just what they do. That's just what they do. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I don't think anything like that will happen. But um, the Bucks could be a good opportunity. And last thing for Bradley Beal, you know, very similar to Damian Lillard, is the Celtics. You know, that could make a ton of sense. I think it would have made a lot more sense if Kimball Walker was still there. But Washington wouldn't have done that because they already have Russell Westbrook. So they don't need another scoring point guard that's inconsistent um, and, a, and a, a liability on the defensive end. They don't need that still. So, you know, that makes sense. I understand that. But, um, again, I think it could be a really great place for Bradley Beal to make a difference, make a good impact there. Because him with Jason Tatum – and him with Brown. I mean, that that just could be a really great winning combo, especially in the East. Last one that we'll talk about is Derrick Rose. Okay, Derrick Rose, I I have so much respect for him. He is one of my favorite players in the league right now. He just transformed his entire way of play. You know, everybody thought he was out of the league for so many years. But, no, he was there working on his game, crafting it. And now he's one of the most savvy veterans, um, floor generals. Like, he did everything for New York in the postseason. I, I was so happy to see him do what he did out there from a professional standpoint, from a veteran standpoint. He needs proven teammates to provide for he needs proven teams teammates around him so he can provide floor management to them. Okay? So where would we like to see him go? The Sixers. Obviously. That would be a great situation. You got a point guard who's actually a game manager who can make some good decisions. Like that's all they really need right now is someone to be able to be like, okay, hold up, get the ball to Joel right now because he's on a tear. Or, hey, wait a second, Joel's struggling, let's get him an easy bucket. Or, hey, he's got a lot of pressure on him right now, let's get going somewhere else because he's struggling. Like, he would be able to do that. And, I, you know, I just think that he has, he's got a great jump shot, he's got a good mid-range game, he plays really solid defense at this point, so... Yeah, that could be a really good spot. The other one would be the Clippers. I think he could be a really, really dynamite player on the Clippers. And this would probably be something that, I mean, I would move Patrick Beverly if I was them. Yes, he's a great defensive player. But at the same time, like, Derrick Rose is a pretty good defensive player too. And he's not going to be – he's going to be impactful for you on the offensive end as well. So I think that would give you a little bit more of a boost than what Patrick Beverly did from an offensive standpoint there. And in the West – Defense doesn't really matter all that much. It's more about scoring than anything. So I think that could be a really good spot for him. All right. So real quick, we'll give you guys an update, and then we'll jump into the last topic we're going to talk about. So uh, update is it is just under nine minutes to go in the third quarter. Uh, P.J. Tucker, I think it was P.J. Tucker, just scored um, uh, easy shot under the basket. Or no, that was, that was yeah, no, that was P.J. Tucker. So just scored an easy basket um, in the paint, and right now uh, Phoenix is seeming to get it rocking and rolling quite a bit. Um, they're getting in rhythm. They're hitting shots, knocking them down. I mean, you you just had a catch and shoot with a guy right in front of br- bridge bridges, and yeah, his hand wasn't in his face, but hey, that that's a shot that you're only going to shoot that if you're confident, you're feeling a rhythm, and they're they're rolling right now. They're rolling. So you know, Milwaukee 
uh, just had a three from Brooke Lopez from the corner. Drew Holiday uh, kicked it out after driving in the paint. And Drew Holiday is just, he's amazing. But guys, he's hes played one of the best point guards in the league in this playoffs. I mean, second to none in the playoffs so far except for Chris Paul. And so, really, really great um, game back and forth. It feels closer than it is. It really does. I mean, it's a 13-point game. Phoenix is up 70-57. to 57. It feels like a closer game. But the reason for that is because when Milwaukee is going, Milwaukee looks just as good. They, they can compete. They're right there. They're in the same boat. But when Milwaukee, go again, goes away from Giannis, doesn't let him go one-on-one, doesn't let him play big and get bully ball and play inside out, they start losing a little bit, and all it do, all it takes is three or four minutes of them not doing that, of not playing inside-out ball, and those three or four minutes is when Phoenix gets an extra five points during those three or four minutes, and you know two or three of those during the game makes it ten to fifteen points, and that's where they're at right now. So they're at a three-point deficit. Um, DeAndre Aiden at the free throw line at this point, knocking down a couple free throws, and yeah, they're just not gonna be able to come back, guys. They're, they're really not. I mean. They can, but what they're going to have to do is literally pound the paint. They're going to have to go to Giannis. They're going to have to go to Brooke Lopez. They're going to have to play big inside. I mean, I don't know why they don't play a high-low game with Brooke Lopez popping up to the free throw line and getting the ball down to Giannis in the paint. I don't know why they don't do that. Like, high-low game is very effective when you've got two bigs that can play it the right way, and that's definitely something that would be effective for them. So they need to play a high-low. Pop Brooke Lopez up to the free throw line. Get him the ball. Let him turn. Face up. Get the ball to Giannis. And all of a sudden, everybody's sinking in. And now you can get your shooters on the outside going. So who knows? I, I haven't seen them go to that. Brooke Lopez just knocked down another uh, another three-point shot. That's like three, I think, for him on the game. Maybe four at this point. But, yeah, they just, they just need more scoring, guys. They're going to get outscored. Because they're not slowing the game down. It is too fast-paced. Fast-paced game is all in favor of the Suns. That That's it. It's all in favor of the Suns right now because it is going to be a fast-paced game. I mean, you have to keep it to 105, just below 105. And right now, it's pacing where Phoenix is almost at 75-point mark. And they need to be at 75-point mark at the end of the third quarter. We're at the middle of the third quarter. So, they, they've got to slow it down. Get the pace down. Take good quality shots, because they're they're playing they're playing decent defense, but they're just going to get mismatches. Like Phoenix will get mismatches, so you have to slow it down and get quality possessions on your offensive end. And right now, they're not doing that. Giannis is out of the game right now. And what just happened? Chris Middleton took a turnaround fadeaway jump shot with someone right in his face. That's not a quality look. That is not a quality look. And then Chris Paul comes down and throws an alley-oop to DeAndre Ayton. So this is what's going to happen the entire time. And that that's going to be the the end of it. You know, Phoenix will capitalize. When they make mistakes, they take bad shots. Chris Paul is going to make sure Phoenix doesn't. And that's going to be what dictates the entire series. So last thing here, I know we're running really long on this one, but there was a golf pro today, earlier today, not a professional golfer, a golf pro uh, so someone who works at the golf course uh, down in uh, Georgia, and uh, he was shot, um, shot in the head, actually, 
um, after witnessing a crime at the golf course. So he, uh, you know, I guess was doing his job at the golf course, uh, happened upon someone who uh, was committing a crime. I, I think he was actually killing two other people um, who was also found at the, at the scene. Um, and because he was there and he saw it, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and he was then shot as well. So, you know, prayers out to him and his family. Really horrible, tragic situation there. You know, everybody thinks, oh, golf, it's such a pleasant gentleman's sport and everything. I mean, it's, it's so crazy that something like that would happen at a golf course because, you know, they're so peaceful. It's so peaceful out of golf courses and things like that. So really, really sad situation. All the prayers go out for them. Um yeah, just really, really sad. There, there's just not much else you can say about that, guys. Really horrible situation there. But, yeah, anyway, with that being said, uh, we'll get to watching the rest of this game and enjoying it uh, for for what it is. A 14-point game, about five minutes left in the game at this point. And, yeah, there, Phoenix is just going to keep pulling away because Milwaukee's not going to be able to keep up. Giannis is out of the game right now, and that's going to lead to bad possessions and bad shots being taken by Milwaukee. So maybe some adjustments will be made and Milwaukee can get back in the game once they go back home, but I don't see them being able to keep up the firepower that the Suns have right now. They're just not going to be able to keep up from an offensive standpoint, and the mismatches so much favor Phoenix. So, yeah, what do you guys think? Do you think it's going to be more interesting series than what we think? I think they're going to steal two games. Do you think it's going to go to Game 7? would love to hear from you guys. And is there any other players that you would love to see move on to another place and get a chance to win a title um, outside of the four that we talked about? But, yeah, with that being said, we'll hop off here. I know we're going on 50 minutes at this point. But uh, we'll hop off here, let you guys get back to your day, and you will hear from us on – most likely you'll hear from us on Friday because we need to start talking about some NFL news um, as things start to get ramped up with that here pretty soon. NFL season will be up on us before you know it, and we need to do a rundown of all the divisions. So thanks, guys, for listening. Really appreciate it. If you enjoyed the content, like, share, subscribe, send it out to some other people to listen to. Really appreciate it. Thank you, and have a great one.